Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome to future of flushing i'm vito calisi with me is jonathan Barron. and john before we even get into this episode i forgot i wrote down a note on my little whiteboard under my monitor of something i wanted to bring up to you from our last episode okay and it is it is john when somebody has flair somebody has what do you call it i don't know what do you call well, it i would call it pizzazz pizzazz oh you like that one is that a thing so john i just noticed you've been you said pizzazz like 10 times in the episode and i didn't realize what was happening in real time what's pizzazz about and do you know that it's actually pizzazz well i say pizzazz it's uh it's a soft p the way i pronounce it it's a central jersey dialect thing i think you guys wouldn't understand if you're not from there that place doesn't exist, I thought. That's what everybody tells me. All right, we're not getting into this. We're not getting we're, into this. So pizzazz is a thing in this made-up land. I guess. All right, look, I do. I actually do do this a lot. I'm glad you finally caught on to this. It's one of my specialties. I, like, sometimes 90% get a word right or something like that, like that one. So you're telling me pizzazz is not a thing. It's pizzazz. That's what it's you're telling pizzazz. me. It's pizzazz. It's pizzazz. I even Googled it. I was like, I wonder if pizzazz is actually the right. No, it's pizzazz. I feel like it should be a pizzazz. I don't know. It's it's it not. It felt right. I mean, it felt right coming off the tongue. I'll tell you that. Well, it's it's pizzazz. And I know what, John, a lot of guys got pizzazz right now because there was a lot of promotions this weekend. And I feel like the BC small talk radar is going off right now. So I just want to get to it. We want to give the people what we want. We got a lot of promotions to talk about, and we are not talking about bobbleheads. We are not talking about bobbleheads. We're talking about guys who could have bobbleheads made after them sooner than later. Let's jump right into it. If if you're just joining us after a long weekend, Jet Williams, Jacob Reimer, both promoted from Port St. Lucie to Brooklyn. Blade Tidwell, now a member of the Binghamton Rumble Ponies after a promotion over the weekend. And Vito's favorite, Nick Morabito, after an absolute dominant run has been promoted from the complex league to Port St. Lucie, as has his teammate Diego Mascara. So let's get into it. Let's start with Jet Williams, who actually Vito on Sunday did Homer hit his sixth Homer and uh, said goodbye to PSL in a great way, sent it off by putting one over the wall, but Jet Williams's promotion well-deserved. He finishes his time in the Florida state league with a 422 on base percentage in his last 35 games veto he slashed 319 470 522 slug and had 32 walks to just 30 strikeouts and now 
He's moving on up. New challenges ahead for Jet Williams. Another one we mentioned in that rundown was Jacob Reimer, who's going from PSL to Brooklyn. In 311 plate appearances with the Port St. Lucie Mets, he has a 412 OBP. And another guy moving up in the system, Blade Tidwell, who will be going from Brooklyn to Binghamton. He's got a 1.56 ERA since May 17th and over 63.1 innings pitched this season, only given up 11 earned runs, John. Yeah, Tidwell in that span you just mentioned, Vito, it goes back to May 17th. There have been 250 minor league pitchers all across the land that have thrown at least 50 innings in the span. Blades ERA, the 156 mark you just mentioned, is the second lowest of all 250. So he will join Tyler Stewart, who started the year with the Cyclones. He will join Christian Scott, who actually started the year in Port St. Lucie in that uh, Binghamton Rumble Ponies rotation. And obviously, Dom Hamill is also there. I want to go back real quick to what uh, one point uh, you mentioned Jacob Reimer, 19. Jet Williams, also 19. Jet doesn't turn 20 until November. Jacob Reimer, we've mentioned a few times on the show previously, doesn't turn 20 until next February. So both of these guys, obviously, we can't predict where or, uh, or forecast where they're going to start next year, but they will both be 20 years old for the entire 2024 season. They have already come so far, so quickly, so exciting to see. Now let's keep going with the promotion talk, Vito. And as John said, a guy that I've grown really fond of over the season, watching really just get hot after a slow start, Nick Morbido, walking right across the complex over to the PSL Mets. Kid's got an absurd 437 OBP this season. And John, he's a young one too. He's only 20 years old and recently 20, like in the last few months, 20 years old. Yeah, and for the St. Lucie Mets, nice to have that organizational depth for Jet Williams to go. He had been playing shortstop for the St. Lucie Mets. He'll obviously now move up to Brooklyn. As we mentioned, Nick Morbido will slot right in. And um, if past performance is any indication of future performance, the on-base percentage will be replaced essentially because Nick Morbido, like you mentioned, Vito, was really insane with what he was doing in the FCL. Now, obviously, the FCL, the lowest of the uh, domestic levels, and really, Vito, the slow start you mentioned, it was like his first couple of games, honestly. Game one, back on June 5th, 0 for 3, still managed to draw a walk. Game two, 0 for 3, still managed to draw a walk. Then he had one hit in three consecutive games. But since June 13th, really, which was six or seven games into the FCL season, Morabito has literally almost reached safely in half of his plate appearances, a 472 clip. There was a point over the weekend where Jacob Reimer, over a 26-plate appearance span, had reached safely 18 times. So the Mets make the additions uh, over the weekend that they do. And we'll talk a little bit more about those in this episode and future episodes. We have a really exciting interview coming for you guys. But it's apparent that the Mets are focused on young players who get on base. That, that seems to be a trend. We know the Mets like their tall pitchers. There's a plethora of that throughout the organization, college arms, and young players who can play a variety of positions that get on base. Nick Morbido is another example of one of those guys targeted last year by the Mets in the second round 2022 draft. And John, as we were talking just now about how young uh, all these guys are, I just randomly remembered. I don't know if you remember this moment from an interview we were doing where a player told us that they were listening to disco music and we assumed they were talking about music from the 1970s. And then he brought up some songs from like 10 years ago. 
Some Avicii stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. that was Mike Vassell, I think, right? No, no, it was actually Rowdy talking about the music oh. that uh, Mike Vassell plays. He, they said disco music, and then he said, yeah, you know, like Tiesto and Avicii. And we were like, oh, that's old, huh? Yeah, that's not the crap my mother-in-law listens to when she's cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> Don't worry, she, she's not listening. I can say that. I can say a lot of things. I can really... <laughs> Really let it all hang. Go and tell everybody what's behind your head right now. I'm kidding. What's behind my head? I don't see anything. I'm I'm just a talking voice right now, Vito. There's no (laughs) pictures. There's no pictures, Vito. Don't blackmail me, Vito. I won't. If you don't want to talk about it, we won't talk about it. We'll just talk about Friday night and the Mets player development system. First game up we're going to talk about here is the Syracuse Mets, who won 6-3 versus the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. And our boy Nuke Voigt homered in his sixth street game. He's coming for that record. He is. Now, this was the second. This was the actually scheduled game, I should say. Uh, If you listen on Thursday, the Syracuse Mets were suspended. They wound up winning that game. This game we're talking about was the originally scheduled game. So Voight made it six straight games of the homer. Abraham Almonte also homered. A guy we've spoken a lot about, and for good reason. Guy with major league experience. That homer that he hit on Friday gave him 12 in 22 games with the Syracuse Mets. A very impressive number for Abraham Almonte. And to wrap that game up, Sean Reed Foley did toss a scoreless inning as he continues to try to make his way back to the Major League roster. So we're going to move on down to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, who won 3-2 versus the Reading Fighting Phils. Big note from that game, Luis Moreno tossed five scoreless innings with five strikeouts and did not give up a single walk. Tyler Thomas tossed 2.1 innings pitched scoreless with four strikeouts and one walk. John, that's got to be a record for most tees in a sentence. That was wild. That was an adventure. We need a tee limit here. That's too many tees. That was wild. That was that was insane. I, I felt crazy, but I loved it. And you know what? I'm just going to wrap up this Binghamton game because I'm all fired up on the tees. Home run by Glenn Cove kid Joe Swazi in his return to the Rumble Ponies from injury. So that wraps up your Rumble Ponies. And, John, I'm sure you have a little flair you want to add to it, though. I got some fizzazz. Uh, fizzazz. Nah, I've, got no, I've got no fizzazz there, Vito. <laughs> uh, why don't you take us down to Brooklyn then, John? Let's talk about the Cyclones, what they did on Friday night. Unfortunately, a loss, an 8-2 loss against the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Beyonder Suarez, he had the strikeout ball working again on Friday, struck out eight over five and two-thirds innings of work. And there was some news from the Cyclones earlier. Uh, that's Kevin Parada was placed on the injured list with an ankle injury, uh, something that Vito knows all too well. Vito also uh, nursing an ankle injury right now. But I must say, Vito, moving pretty well. He's really using the boot as a, as a rock. He's, um, <laughs> he, he's leveraging that boot. I do want to go back real quick. I had to mention the boot. Yonder Suarez mentioned those eight strikeouts. That's four straight starts for Suarez with exactly eight strikeouts. So in the span, he struck out 32 batters, and he's walked just seven. He's held hitters to a 183 uh, average. And the ERA under two at 199. So Yonder Suarez wanted to shout that out, how good he's been of late. And, John, thank you for noticing that my it was moving a little smoother today with my boot. I did yeah. sprain my ankle as well. Yeah. I believe the boot's coming off tomorrow. So, you know, me and Kevin Parada, we're both working our way back to help those major league Mets because that's – yeah, sorry, I cut you off there completely. What kind of sock were you wearing? I noticed there was a little cloth that was peeking out of the top. Vito had the boot and the shorts going. Very solid look. Um, I, I liked it, but there was a little there was a little stray cloth that was just pe- peeking its head up the top. Um, I was I was curious about that. So I wore a compression sock. Oh, oh, a compression. Okay, a compression sock because I, my my podiatrist. So John, you know how you feel old. 
you feel old when you can say to somebody, I have a podiatrist that I really like. I don't, Not even a, <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have a podiatrist. I have a podiatrist yeah. and I've been to a few podiatrists and this is by far my favorite one I've had. Um, what was wrong with me, the other ones? What was wrong with the other ones? One of the other ones just kept trying to shove me in his MRI machine to upcharge my insurance. And I didn't like that. Mm. Um, was he trying to give you the, the dye injection? That's, that's never fun. No, no, no. This was just for the, the, for the foot. You don't need that for the foot because they're not looking at any organs or anything. I got, um, I had some dye for a shoulder. Oh, really? Then I might be wrong. I don't yeah. know, but he didn't, he didn't put any dye in me, but he was just like, you should do this. I was like, dude, I don't think I need the MRI. I think we know what's happening. But anyway, the doctor told me he didn't want to wrap up my ankle because he wrapped it up and then my swelling kept going up and down and up and down. So he said, we're just going to put you in a boot. So I wore a compression sock to just still get that tightness. Now, I don't think I, I don't think I, I like talking about my foot. I don't think the people want to hear about my foot too much more, John. You could sell you could sell episodes about your foot. You're right. I, I have a size 16. So there is definitely a fan base out there for like something with my foot. You know, I mean, so if you're out there and you want you want more information about my foot, tweet at Mets player development. You know, nope. we'll, we'll do more. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> tweet at Mets player development. We want Absolutely more. You know? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the St. Lucie Mets, John. Uh, they lost 9-8 versus the Bradenton Marauders. Jacob Reimer, who we just spoke about, went one for three with two walks. And now we're going to quickly wrap up the DSL games. DSL Blue lost 7-1 versus DSL Phillies. The DSL Orange won 9-4 versus DSL Rangers. And Ethan Briggs did give us a mention of this the other day. We were not recording an episode, so we didn't bring it up. But Jeffrey Rosa homered again. That's a five-game home run streak for the DSL NL All-Star. That's right. One of four DSL All-Stars for the Mets. So they had the weekend off. They'll be back in action on Monday on July 31st. And we'll see if uh, we'll see if Jeffrey Rosa can keep that home run streak going. By the way, I guess we're going to get to it right now. I'm, we're talking about home run streaks, and I just totally jumped the gun. Let's just use it as a transition. But I was really grossed out by the way that um, on Saturday, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs went out of their way to snap Luke Voigt's home run streak by giving him pretty much the Barry Bonds treatment. They didn't pitch to the guy. So Luke Voigt's streak was snapped on Saturday. He did not homer. He uh, he walked three times. So that, that, that bothers me. Pitch to the man. Pitch to the man. Come on. Come on. What are you doing, you cowards? Cowards. Pitch to Luke. Pitch, Pitch to, to Luke. him. Unbelievable. He, that's just ridiculous. That's just, you know what? That's low class. Yeah, you know, like, I, I saw Luke didn't homer, and I was like, that's a shame. And I peeled, dug a little deeper, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. This man saw, like, two pitches to hit the entire entire day. Four plate appearances, two pitches to hit because they were afraid. So, you know what? I'm not even talking about the rest of this game because of that. Well, if you don't want to mention it, I'm going to mention that Luke Ritter reached safely four times on Saturday with two hits and two walks. As he continues to shine for the Syracuse Mets, and so does Carlos Cortez, who had another two-hit games with a pair of doubles. And Tyler McGill started this game for the Syracuse Mets, and he pitched well, struck out six innings, allowed just two runs over six innings of work, and a, and a one-run loss for the Syracuse Mets. Four three. I boycotted that one just now, so now I'm back. Now I'm back, and we're going to talk about the Big Ups and Rumble Ponies, and I'm excited again because they won 3-1 versus the Red and Fighting Phils. Let's go. With the help of a Mr. Christian Scott, and help is a help is a weak word. I don't know, weak word or strong word? I don't know, because he did much more than help because in six innings pitched, he only gave up four hits, a single run, a single walk, but he struck out seven. 
Struck out seven, another very, very good start for Christian Scott, who, since his promotion to double A, has not skipped a beat. His ERA now 272 and eight starts with Binghamton, and that includes one start where he allowed six earned runs, a big outlier. If you take that out, the ERA is down close to under two. So Christian Scott is as locked in as they come. He's conquered three levels so far this year. Each time he takes the ball, he's putting forth a good effort. This Rumble Pony's rotation, this Rumble Pony team does a really good job of preventing runs to begin with. Now they're adding Blade Tidwell with Scott, with Hamill, with Stewart. It's going to be must-watch TV every single night, Vito. 100%, and it just gets you really excited thinking like, you know, one day, what if this is what the Mets rotation looks like? And, and I, I, I got to say, I'm a big WFAN guy. You know you that are. about me. I do know that. Some would say I'm an addict. For better or for worse, because a lot of the times I sit there and I'm, I'm listening and I, I just get aggravated. But I'm starting to hear some callers talk about Christian Scott, about Tyler Stewart. So it's good to hear the fan base starting to get excited about these guys that we should all be thrilled to have in this organization. And there was this one caller, actually, who called Joe Beningo show on Saturday, and he made a good point. And I'm glad that he made the point because this is where we are at. This, this conception that the Mets are bereft of, of pitching prospects in the system. It's a total misnomer, complete misnomer. There are six, seven, eight guys on the starting pitching side of things right now that are at double A or higher, so not that far away from the major leagues. Everyone likes to say, oh, yeah, there's help, but it's the lower levels. It's all over the place, fans. It's all over the place, and Christian Scott's one of the guys to be the most excited about. So just wanted to mention that because for the first time in a while, I really started to feel like, all right, yeah, people are starting. This is, this is starting to, to hold, to take hold, that people are starting to recognize the talent that is being uh, developed in the Mets player development system. I guess it makes sense. And we've been saying that. I mean, even in conversations with people around the offices and stuff, whenever pitching comes up, whenever player development comes up, because, like, it's something you see on Twitter constantly is people saying, like, there's no arms. Like, every time a trade rumor comes up, it's like, why didn't the Mets trade for arms? Because there are arms in the system. You just haven't seen them yet. But I'm glad that we got some people out there fighting the most important fight, and that's on the front lines of WFAN. And you know what? If you're a listener of Future of Flushing and you call into WFAN with a hot prospect take, I want you to say you're a time traveler and you came from the future. <laughs> you know, I used to be a caller myself. What I, started, call name? I, I started calling the fan. I'm not even kidding. Probably when I was 12. I bet, I bet you were six and you still had that damn baritone voice i was dude i was about to say <laughs> <laughs> i sounded like i do now <laughs> people you know the screener would be like how old are you and i'd be like 12 and he'd be like what the <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, what was your calling name well back in the day i think i was just john from new jersey and then when i eventually went to indiana i started to become john from bloomington i probably shouldn't be doxing myself in case i ever need, have a take i need to get off my chest or I need to correct somebody on a bad take. But you never had like a, a nickname or anything. Like when I worked in radio, we had a lot of callers who would be like Trucker Joe or like. No, no, no. I was Go just Jeff Joe. And I used to call Francesa one time. Uh, this is actually. A John is on his belly with his feet up like we're at a slumber party right now. It is so inappropriate. I'm not in my own habitat right now. I'm just kind of making do. I once called Mike. This this was a kind of an epic call, sort of, kind of, sort of. Um, it was about Shohei Otani before he signed anywhere. And Mike, you know, thought that Shohei was going to be a Yankee, whatever, wound up not being a Yankee. Shohei signed on the same day that the Giants hired Pat Shermer as their coach. 
So I think that was it. There was some football news that like kind of stole the show that day. Um, actually, I think maybe it was the day Joe Girardi got fired by the Yankees, something like that. And Mike didn't bring it up. And uh, so I obviously, you know, had to take time out of my day to call and remind him that he was so sure that Otani was going to be a Yankee. And, you know, he said he never said that. By the way, I love Mike. So I, I was it was a it was an honor to get it. I never said that. Uh, and I called his John from Bloomington. And at the end of the call, he takes a shot at the Indiana Hoosiers because <laughs> he got mad at me. He got mad at me for, you know, calling him out. And he goes, you know, why don't you worry about your bad basketball team in Bloomington? <laughs> so I guess he thought I was from Bloomington calling under that name. I was not in Bloomington at the time, but that's my that's my caller uh, pseudonym, if but, you would. And you, but you, I bet you as like a WFAN stan who loves it, I bet Mike Francesa giving you guff, because we can't curse on this show. Yeah. You must have here. been the happiest little boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... Well, it wasn't the first time or the only time I've called Mike, but it was it was no, but I mean him going off on you a little. Oh, I but I gave it right back. There was there was a recording somewhere on Twitter of this that I think CBS radio or someone made. There was, you know, the uh, the account uh, Funhouse on TikTok. Funhouse had like all the clips and he stitched something together. He went back and found the audio where Mike swore Otani would, would be a Yankee. And then he wound up not being a Yankee and he stitched the whole thing together. It was great, but it had to come down for legal reasons. So that was kind of a shame. And you were on that clip. You're saying, yes, yes. And like he tweeted it there. It was like tens of thousands of retweets or something. It was like, it was an embarrassing one for Mike. And yeah, I was John from John from Bloomington, but it, it's no longer, it's not on the internet anymore. It's a shame. So, well, you know what, if you find that just uh, tag that onto the request for my feet, uh, at Mets player dev and tag John in the link that you find of him arguing Mike Francesa. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Brooklyn Cyclones who lost 5-1 versus the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Cameron Foster, career high 12 strikeouts over 6.2 innings, John. Yeah, Foster was great. And those 12 strikeouts, the most by any Mets prospect in a start this season. Over his last eight starts, a guy who we've talked a lot about and for good reason, he's been fantastic. 46 strikeouts to just 11 walks. So Foster, he's going to now prevail as one of the big arms in that Cyclones rotation. And it looks like he will be equal to the task with a fantastic start on Saturday. And we should mention Saturday, if we're going to be talking about Saturday, Max Scherzer was traded from the Mets uh, to the Texas Rangers. And in return, we got Luis Angel Acuna, you might recognize that last name because he is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr., who is currently on the Atlanta Braves. And some new prospect rankings came out after that trade was made, and Luis Angel does rank number two right after Kevin Parada, right in front of Roddy Mauricio. So we're not going to go too deep into this. It was mentioned a lot and messed up. We just It feels weird if we don't just kind of give it some notice, John. Do you agree? Of course. It was the biggest news in Mets land over the weekend. The Mets acquiring a very versatile Luis Angel Acuna, who's played a lot of shortstop, is a great athlete, can absolutely play the position. The Mets have a guy at shortstop right now named Francisco Lindor. So that spot's probably taken for the next nine years or so. Uh, a guy that can also play center field, very similar to Jet Williams in many ways, a guy who has that flexibility positionally up the middle. Uh, both, both relatively shorter players, both what? I'm not laughing at John talking about 
Louise on Halakun. Uh, I don't. I'm not that. laughing at that at all. That's there's nothing to laugh about there. I'm laughing at John can't get comfortable, so he's moving around a lot. He just went from slumber party to crisscross applesauce. Yeah, like I said, not my element, but let me keep going about Luis Angel Acuna and the similarities between him and Jet Williams. Luis Angel is listed at five foot eight, if at least if you look on baseball reference. Jet Williams on baseball reference listed at five foot six. So Jet a little bit shorter, but both of them great on base skills. Uh both big threats on the base path on the base paths. Jet has stolen 32 bases this year. Luis Angel has stolen 42, one of a handful of minor leaguers with an, o, with an OBP of at least 350 and 40 or more steals. So a very, very exciting prospect. The Mets in recent days, adding Marco Vargas, adding Ronald Hernandez, adding Colin Houck at the draft, another very exciting infield prospect. And now Luis Angel Acuna, really in a matter of three weeks, the Mets have totally beefed up the system, especially in the infield, especially up the middle. So all good things there. And we'll see what other prospects, whether uh, potential additions the Mets make prior to the trade deadline. Bro, you're my on hell. You're my on hell, baby. That's my that's my song parody. What what song is that? Angel by Shaggy. Girl, you're my. Angel. Oh, yeah. I know. All, right. all right. So I said, bro, you're my on hell. You're my on hell, baby. And uh, now that we did that, I'm going to move on. Just quickly talk about Sunday. Right? I made that up. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. And now we're quickly going to wrap up this Saturday with the St. Lucie Mets losing 10-3 versus the Bradenton Marauders. Vincent Peroza homered. Wilfredo Lara stayed hot, went two for three. Now let's get to Sunday. Start off with the Syracuse Mets. Lost 3-2 versus the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Nolan Clenny made his AAA debut after being promoted on Saturday. He's got a 3.16 ERA in 31 innings pitch prior when he was with the Rumble Ponies. Yeah, another another promotion uh, that we should have mentioned at the top didn't bad on us, but glad we got that in. Clenny, a well earned, uh, well deserved promotion after a good stint with Binghamton. One of the guys that Jacob Wilkins and Matt Levine mentioned in our interview with them a few weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Lots of great arms in that Binghamton bullpen. Clenny, one of them, now moved on up to the Syracuse Mets. And Carlos Cortez hit another double. Why don't we talk about those Binghamton Rumble Ponies that John just brought up where Nolan Clenny just came from. They won 4-3 versus the Reading Fighting Phils. And our guy, Rowdy Jordan, hit his 11th home run of the season. What an improvement from last year, John. Last year, he only hit four over the entire year. Yeah, and at spring training, you talked to Rowdy. You talked to some people about Rowdy. They talked a lot about the work that he had been putting in the gym uh, to get bigger, to get stronger, and it's paid off as he now has seven more homers this year than all of last season. He's also been a thorn in the side of the Reading Fighting Phils, 12 RBI in 12 games against them. Binghamton won five of the six games in this series against Reading. So a good job by the Rumble Ponies, who are hot. They have now won eight, uh, eight times in their last 11 games, and now they've got Blade Tidwell to join forces with the already great arms in that rotation. So uh, a lot more wins coming the, the Rumble Ponies way in the near future. I want to get to a Rumble Ponies game like it's nobody's business. I want to go see the Binghamton Rumble Ponies badly, and I want to get that cool hat where Rowdy, Vito, their mascot. Vito, Vito. What? Oh, yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I can't get any more hats. I need to calm down with the hats. It's just everything. Get a pin. I do. I, I like pins, too. I have a book of pins. 
Do you? Uh, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. No, man, I got problems, dude. Anyway, why don't we talk about the Brooklyn Cyclones who won 11-7 versus the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Rylan Thomas, who unfortunately had that 11-game winning streak, who unfortunately had that 11-game hitting streak snapped on Saturday, was able to go two for four on Sunday while leading off. Yeah, Thomas continues to play well with Kevin Parada out of the lineup. Things reshuffled, uh, a shuffling of the deck by manager Chris Newell, if you would. Thomas gets picks up right back where he left off. Big day on Sunday. Mateo Gill, he's been red hot for a while now. His last 13 games, he's slugging over 600, a 609 mark. Went two for four with a double and a triple on Sunday. Nine different pitchers were used by the Cyclones. I actually saw Brendan Hardy's Instagram story with the entire box score of all nine guys. We've talked about the Cyclones bullpen. It was a collective effort. That's a lot of different arms used. So good job by the Cyclones to piece it together and figure out a way to overcome Wilmington, a very viable opponent, uh, and a great job by the bullpen. Billy Barrels, got to mention Billy Barrels, of course. He homered in this game for the Cyclones. That's now three homers in the last five games for William Lugo. And the St. Lucie Mets lost 7-1 versus the Bradenton Marauders. But as he said, au revoir, Jet Williams did homer. That was his sixth of the year as he did leave PSL. So that's the busy weekend. Do um, You guys got all that. So much went on over the weekend, both transaction-wise and on the diamond. Uh, one more thing to mention, the DSL All-Star game was held on Sunday afternoon. And the Mets, they had four representatives in this game. Those four, Jose Chirinos, Wellington Arasena, both pitchers, Julio Zayas, and Jeffrey Rosa. You guys have heard us talk plenty about them. So congrats to those guys for their participation. They'll be back at it on Monday. We mentioned that. FCL Mets will be in action. And then on Tuesday, we get back to another busy week of Mets player development veto. That was a lot. That was a lot. But you know what, man? I, I'm not saying I don't have fun all the time, but I had a blast tonight. Well, hopefully the listeners have just as much fun taking a listen on Monday morning to all that happened. And uh, we've got a lot more content coming your guys' way this week. So you know what to do. Keep checking the stream as we continue to highlight all the excitement, all of the positivity. The future has gotten so much brighter in the last three days, and it will continue to get brighter with each and every passing day new guys and new levels to talk about. There's a whole lot coming your way. What else can we say, Vito? And John, I don't want to make this go on longer than at least maybe even 30 seconds at max. Okay. But I did notice you have two toy basketball nets in your room. What's that about? Vito, I am not in my own room right now. I am in my, uh, I have two brother, uh, I have four brother-in-laws, two on each side of the family. This belongs to one Philip Silverstein, the youngest brother-in-law of mine. He just recently moved out, actually. So, What about the other one? Uh, Noah's been moved out for a while. That no, is, I mean, there's uh, another, there's another, there's two nets in there. Oh, there are. Well, Philip likes basketball. Philip Silverstein. So uh, he doesn't listen either, but you know, maybe a Yankee minor league podcast. I don't know. <laughs> that, that minor league podcast would suck. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. We got to go. We got to go. I hope the, the stock music's already playing in the edit. <laughs>